Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome back to The Shift. Des here in a beautiful New York Tuesday afternoon. Very excited as I've just put down the majority of the episode. I've edited it down and my God, is this a jam-packed app. So uh, two-thirds of this episode is just myself and Katie chatting about our main subject matter, which is embarrassing sex stories and also the embarrassing things you have to overcome sometimes when it comes to sex the number one thing we talk about right up top is period sex i have a stand-up routine about it i love it as a topic done a lot of polls about it it's very divisive so we have a little discussion about period sex uh then we take a break because the first bit of this episode is in my car Uh, before we interviewed the lads last week. Then we had to take a break to go and interview the lads for last week's episode. Then we reconvene at the Olive Tree at the Comedy Cellar and we expand on uh, embarrassing sexual stories. We talk about mainly about queefing and farting and uh, that's a bit of fun. And uh, a little cameo from Dan Soder, great New York comic, who was actually a guest on the Des Bishop podcast way back. Uh, In fact, Dan Soder is my first episode of the Des Bishop podcast, he, he just jump, he just walks in. I just ask him a quick question, uh, and then you know the truth is that myself and Katie were really really hungry, actually quite tired after doing uh, what was our first four people episode. So um, that ends a little bit abruptly. So I thought as a as a treat to you guys, rather than have a shorter ep, I would include. An episode that I actually recorded when I was in Las Vegas with my buddy Asher Trelevin. He used to do stand-up comedy. He's just an all-around variety performer, kind of sort of from the circus world, I guess you could say. And he's in a great show in Vegas now called Opium. And we've always had a great we've always had great chats about sex. He's a very adventurous guy sexually, uh, big into like SM, very open about kinks, very curious about discovering uh, new forms of pleasure. And uh, also has had polyamorous relationships, so I thought he'd be a good guy to chat to about that. And uh, I hadn't intended to put this up uh, on a Wednesday. I thought I would put it up as a bonus app. But seeing as this week's episode with myself and Katie came in, what I thought was going to be a little short, as it turns out, it's actually not that short. But in my mind, I was going to put the Asher thing up, so I've stuck with it. So actually, here's 90 minutes, like loaded with material. Um, so 90 minutes of this app. With myself and Katie talking about period sex and queefing and sort of embarrassing sexual stuff. And then another 45 minutes with Asher talking about polyamorous relationships, S&M, Shibari, and all sorts of other fun stuff. So 
enjoy it, and I'll talk to you after the episode. So anyway, Katie, we're um, we're sitting in the car on uh, West Third Street. Not the first time we've done a podcast in a car. No, but the first time we've done it, and it's like bright out, and people are walking by, and they can see inside with the yeah. microphones. Yeah, no, I I've done a lot of them in the car, but. Uh, I don't have the car running because uh, we're next to a bar, and I feel like that wouldn't be right. I mean, you're not supposed to idle anyway. You're not supposed to leave the car on while you're sitting there. It's bad for the environment. Okay. I know nothing about cars or... Yeah, well, just in general, that's bad etiquette. That's bad city etiquette. So I don't want to leave it idling. But we're ne- we're outside a pub. We're outside the Half Pint, which actually... There's a few Irish people that work in there. I've chatted to them before. Um, and uh, I think there's people sitting outside, and I think it... On top of it, it's not good for the environment. I really don't think it's fair to idle while these people are sitting outside trying to enjoy a drink and we're just pumping them with fumes. Yeah. Even though I'm sure one or two of them are smoking and not having the same concern <laughs> that we have. So the sound of traffic, the window is open because it's uh, in Celsius approximately, what, 21, 22 degrees? It's hot, and you can hear the birds a little bit. Well, I don't know if you guys can, but I'll tell you exactly. Uh, I'll tell you exactly what the temperature is, just to give our our listeners a sense of uh, a sense of where we're at. I I, I I sometimes have my phone set in Celsius, sometimes Fahrenheit, but currently it's set in Fahrenheit, so I need to change it. It's 22 degrees right now in New York City. Uh, so Katie's window is open, so you'll hear the sound of traffic. Yeah, I'm sweating. Any? Are you sweating? My arse is sweating. <laughs> Is it sweating already? A little. How can it be? <laughs> it's these, it's these leather couches. Like when I lift leather my leg, seats. <laughs> when I lift my leg, it kind of slides. Oh, because you, yeah. I mean, I, my, currently none of my flesh is touching the is touching the seat. Part of me is afraid though. If I leave my skirt underneath, it like soak through. So I'm just gonna let it go through onto your couch. <laughs> onto my 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 car seat. Car my couch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. uh... It's been a while since it was just me and you, Katie. It has. And today we're going to talk. Well, we 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 were chatting about what our topic would be, and I was saying, I guess the general headline would be sort of. I don't want to say embarrassing sexual situations because, first of all, I'd like to say just like uh, sexual uh, sometimes uh, inconveniences that you need to overcome yeah. would be the introductory thing, and then maybe we'll finish off with a couple of. Uh, embarrassing sex stories just for a bit of crack okay but the main one i guess that we said we would talk about is uh sex when you have your period yeah no i never have my period so it's not really an issue (laughs) for me to deal with but i have encountered other people having their period yeah what straight away what's your uh oh no i'm fine with it you're and you've always been fine with it um probably not always i guess the first time I started being okay with it was when I was in a serious relationship and we just were like grand but my most my current partner our second time having sex was period sex right but do you remember uh, do you remember your first time sort of thinking like can this be done like can you remember how you felt the first time you encountered it about is this something you can do or any recollection I think I was a lot more embarrassed maybe but I remember putting down a towel and like putting the covers over me and then being like come in (laughs) <laughs> i'm ready <laughs> yeah it's a little more prep yeah and i think that's pr- probably w- the reason why i did it at the time was because the boyfriend we were both living at home so when we finally had a chance to have sex and period had happened we were like fuck it we're just gonna get through this and still do it you know so because we weren't able to have sex a lot because we were both living at home 
Oh, right. And so this scenario was you had a chance and you didn't want to waste it. Exactly, yeah. yes. So just kind of got over our embarrassments. Yes. And I mean, it's funny because obviously I can't speak for other men really. Even I've had, I guess I've had a few chats with guys, but in general, I don't really know, you know, which guys have a problem with it, which guys don't. But obviously being with women over the years, some women just literally don't care. And then other women are like, no way. And then other women are like 50-50, like they don't want to, but then eventually they get to the stage where they don't give a shit. Yeah. Well, can I, well, yeah. Yeah, I think as well as just get get into a stage where you're like, fuck it. What can you what? Well, I was just thinking about that, about guys being okay with it. And I guess my uh, current partner, I, I think I was the first woman he had period sex with. Really? And I remember being like, it's fine. I don't, I don't get a lot of periods, so it'll be grand. And then his, this is going to be a little gross, but his penis coming out and it like covered in blood and him going, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> he was like very shocked. <laughs> well, you know, with the routine I, I do about period sex, it's, it, it, it's it, it, at different times it's been longer or shorter. But there was a time where I used to do a thing about, you know, do it in the shower, pretend you're making a horror movie, you know, because there is like, there is that. And the, the weird thing is I could, I never, like, I, I could care less about it, you know, but there, there is, you know, there can be that moment where it's quite, you know, I guess it's quite bloody. But in my routine, I make the point that it's really just a different color of stuff that if you weren't in a in a horny mood you would think it's disgusting but when you're in a horny mood you don't give a fuck yeah you know like for example like in the middle of the day you would never want cum on your tits <laughs> but but in the heat of passion sometimes that seems like a good idea yeah, you know absolutely. so so uh, th- that's the way that's my personal opinion on it it's kind of like well particularly in terms of man i mean i feel like if a woman wants to be grossed out by it that's their right because it's their period Mm -hmm. but if a guy if a guy gets grossed out by it i feel like it's not really fair because women have to deal with that shit all the time so i just think okay maybe you're 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 people are funny about red but at the end of the day it's just another color of bodily fluid yeah like it's not actually more disgusting than (laughs) other vaginal secretions well he described that his penis looked like a knife (laughs) that he had hurt me <laughs> I think you know your body visualizes red as as hurt, something hurtful or that you've yeah yeah of course it's blood I mean at the end of the day it's blood you've been you know you've been told your whole life that blood is you know d- is is disgusting so I you know listen I understand and I you know I wouldn't I wouldn't get too you know listen I I, I think how do you feel about this if a guy is just like I'm sorry I just can't um. Yeah, I guess I would have to understand, of course, because it, it just really depends on what your limits are. But I talked this guy into it, so and he was like, uh, I don't think so. So I kind of think if I can see if I can make them comfortable with it, I will try that. But then if they're like, no, then I would probably be like, that's fine. We can we could just wait. Yeah, I actually don't understand how guys are uncomfortable with it, to be honest. I, I, I don't. I just cannot see the disgustingness of it yeah I, I think maybe if you haven't done it before you're not sure the logistics and so the that's why the woman well, would be like ha- ah it's grand you know yeah and i mean if you haven't done it before and the guy is apprehensive i can completely understand yeah. but if it's a guy that's just like nah no way never that i just don't do that it's you know it's disgusting yeah. i do feel it's kind of weird because i i just kind of go like well a lot of stuff doesn't make sense right but if you think about it 
vaginal secretion is just as disgusting as period. Well, this is it. And there's going to be so many other things that are gross in sex. Like you might by accidentally shit a little or something. Or you know what I mean? It should be okay. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen. But let's say there shouldn't be... Nothing should be off the table. So... Because there's always going to be dirty things in sex. So, yeah, you know, yeah, like... I just don't think it's a big deal. But, but Like it, sweaty it, and... It is inconvenient. Like, I get it. You know, it's not... It, it's not as natural a flow. Like, it's hard to be just like... Yeah, in like the I'm heat not- of passion and then boom it's happening you do have to say okay i'm gonna go to the bathroom and you know take out what needs <laughs> take out what needs to come out and uh you know you got to put the tea bag in the sink <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then uh and then you kind of come back and you know you chuck the towel down or whatever i mean the the, the joke it, i mean people can just watch my period sex routine i'm not gonna like do the but one of the points I make is that period sex is one position sex. Like, it's best not to change positions. Well, yeah, that's it. I was just thinking, like, I've never been on top because I wouldn't be... Well, on top? Yeah. On top is better. Oh, really? Yeah, because if anything comes out, it comes out on top of him. Oh, right. Well, then I should have. <laughs> I'm like more, keep it in. And then when they get out, I'm like, okay, I got to use the towel to, like, kind of let it glop down there. Oh, right. <laughs> I, got, I got you. I got you. <laughs> Yeah. We used a red condom once, which was great. Well, the joke I do in, in the routine is I say, <laughs> uh, you, you do not, you, you, you stay connected when you are finished. <laughs> you do not disconnect until you're on a tiled area. So I actually <laughs> make the joke about it. You carry her funny. into the bathroom just in case there's any leakage. I mean, I always <laughs> think actually the safest way is to just do it in the shower, you know. Then it yeah. literally doesn't matter. You Can know? I ask you? But then, are you able to? Can you ask me <laughs> what? To, can you? I literally know you can't ask a question without it. <laughs> it's just such a stupid question. What about to ask? Can you use condoms in the shower? What do you mean? Can you use condoms in can the shower? Can you? Can you logistically put them on and then go in and have shower sex? What's the difference? Oh, I don't know. I guess I just thought that with the water, it might not work. Yeah. I'm I, I, I don't know how to respond. <laughs> I just Sorry. So it does. No, it, yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, I okay, just don't know you. what you thought was going to be different. I don't know. I guess I just, I guess I never thought about it before. I've only had sex in the share with someone I was like not using condoms. Yeah. Like, I mean, to be honest, I don't think there's a lot of condom sex happening, having in the, happening yeah. in the shower. Like in that, uh, it's kind of weird if you're like having a shower and then you're like, let's, let's fuck, I'll go get a condom. You know, I just, I, you know, I think, I think in general shower sex is usually not the first sex, is it? No, but you know, you could still be a long time in and still using condom. Like I don't, no, no. I don't like being on the pill, so I'm a condom person yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gives me yeah, a Yeah, I mean, listen, you can absolutely, I, 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 I'm trying to remember if I ever, if I've ever gone and grabbed a condom and. I mean, you certainly in the in the scenario that I just put out, which is I have my period, let's fuck in the shower. Then you can absolutely use it, use a condom. You know. Yeah. Well, no, that's just good to know. I guess that was just something I didn't realize. Ow. Yeah, absolutely fine. Kitchen floor. Yeah, anything where it's just like easy wipe Kitchen is good. Kitchen floor. Because well, well, like uh, not lying on the floor, whatever way you want to do it, but just just a scenario where it's easy to wipe it up if 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 something goes wrong, like if you've had a little mishap. No, that's great. You know? Yeah. Uh, because it is annoying if it gets on the sheets. And I have had that. And it's not a big deal. It really isn't a big deal. In, in, in my opinion, period sex is like not an issue. You know? I remember one time, this is kind of a, a dirty story, but I was in uh, Edinburgh, 2010, doing My Dad Was Nearly James Bond. So I had my parents over, including my dying father, staying in an apartment together in Edinburgh beautiful apartment wonderful scenario and there was this show that was on after us 
and it was like these six incredibly attractive women uh, doing like a vampire thing. Their thing was just like all sexy. The whole thing was sex, and uh, myself and one of them hit it off, and we went off hanging out one night, and uh, I couldn't take her back to my place, and she was staying with like six of these fucking lunatics. So we were messing around in my car because I had driven over because my dad couldn't walk. So I had to drive him to and from the venue. So we were messing around in the car, but she had a period. And uh, she was like apprehensive. She wasn't, you know, we'd never had sex before. And she was like not dying to, she was like, nah, you know, I, you know, thinking that I would like not be into it, you know. And I was like, I could give a fuck. And then she was like, I don't know. And then, you know, the, you know, the vibe where suddenly it's just like, it gets to the point where you're like, Jesus Christ, like it's so fucking horny. Something has to happen. And I, I just pulled the fucking thing out and threw it out my car window. I pulled it out myself <laughs> and threw it out the car. Jesus. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. It has to happen. Yeah. Literally, I, 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 don't, I don't understand why people get so funny about it. And then a lot of times women are like, oh, no, I'm up here. I mean, it's, it's late enough and, you know, it's probably fine. And then you do it and there's like nothing. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. Um, what was she like when you pulled it out? She was just like, great, go for it. <laughs> I, I guess. It certainly, it certainly was the right thing to do. <laughs> I, I had read the room properly. Yeah, and properly. It, sh- it shows that you're not grossed out by it. And I think that's oh, a lot of it. I wasn't grossed out by I think that's a lot of it, the insecurity for the woman as well. is like, oh, you might be grossed out by seeing a tampon or whatever. But yeah, once <laughs> you've made fuck. that comfortable. <laughs> Whipped it out the window, man. Out <laughs> the window. That'd be so funny if it hits Fucking someone walking by. <laughs> not, if it hits somebody walking by, do you think... <laughs> Do you think I was in a place where there was people? Oh, right, right. <laughs> it wasn't like here, an audience. I prepped. <laughs> I, pre- I, I prepped. I have, I have, I actually have had uh, sex not far from here in the car. But uh, different, different story. <laughs> <laughs> not, the, not, not the same story. This was in Edinburgh, and this was somewhere we just found some. We found some quiet place, little, little makeout spot. Yeah. Little messing around in the car spot. It was a Lexus 450. 450 uh, R, R, RX 450H Lexus hybrid Jeep means yeah. nothing to me but that was the car that I had at the time great car man so anyway leather seats which is good for period sex <laughs> easy wipe that's what I was th- I was just about to ask you yeah, I was there nah, there was no mess man yeah. we dealt with it whatever way we dealt with it we dealt with it but anyway yeah I mean I think I, I think probably as people get older period sex is less of a thing now now here's a scenario which I've had so you, you, you're hanging out with somebody or you've met somebody and you're finally at a, at a point where you're going to have sex for the first time and it's just bad timing. Do you wait or do you not wait? Well, I probably wouldn't have... It wouldn't be a one-night stand because I would have probably known them a little bit. So for me, I'd, go, I'd do it. No, like no I know, but it, it's definitely the first time. It's not a one night stand. So now I'm, not, I'm not talking about a one night stand. No, but I mean, scenario. I mean, I mean, so like, um, I'd f- already have known them a little bit, so I wouldn't feel too uncomfortable. I don't think. I think I would still do it. Yeah. yeah, I would just be like, it's grand. If we were getting hot and heavy, and it was kind of like, yeah, I wouldn't mind. So you wouldn't have a, f- you wouldn't have a concern about like our first time is period sex. No, not at all. Yeah. For me, but I'm very. I mean, I don't care either. But yeah, because that's what I'm. I've had that scenario. I'm thinking it wouldn't like I wouldn't have done it if it were like a one night stand. But yeah, if it was someone I've had like a, a date or two with, and I'm like comfortable with, and I'm like yeah, and I know that we're gonna we're gonna date, and this is I wouldn't I'd like grand. We can just have normal sex next. It was like really hot and heavy. Plus, I'm so horny when I'm on my period. Oh really? Yeah, more like the most horny. Is that right? Yeah, for me anyway. Well, I can't speak to the. Uh, I'm not. I'm not horny when I'm on my period. Yeah. <laughs> Um, when I'm premenstrual, though, I'm very fucking horny, you know? 
Um, what was I? I just had something else in my mind there. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I always like the scenario where, uh, you know, somebody, like a woman will be like, I'm, I'm on my period, like, so, you know, we're not going to have sex. It's always like, like 75% of the time, it's like, yeah, whatever. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this again now in about like, in 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. And I guess some women do use it as well as an excuse to maybe hold off the sex. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. Oh, just as in like, oh, okay, I understand you. As in they're like, and you're like, okay, well, we'll probably end up doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So why are we pretending? But I think as well, you're making her comfortable by being like, that's not a big deal. Whereas. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm the, I'm, I'm the least big deal. I, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, I, I literally don't give a fuck. But the great thing is now that I have a routine about it, I can just say like I have a routine about it. Yeah. Not that I want to be known as the period sex guy. <laughs> you're the period sex because guy. Because I'm, you know, I'm not a seven day a month guy. <laughs> I, I'm like, I need the whole month. <laughs> I, it's like oh you don't have your period forget it yeah good luck <laughs> yeah sorry man call me next month yeah I need I need I, I, <laughs> I need red in my bed yeah so we have a red tail what we have a red tail just conveniently I didn't realise but well, who's we well me and my partner so it's just that's what we whip out the past oh, yeah. couple of months we've had you period the, sex the period sex towel we didn't even it just happens it was red and that was the first one we used and now it's like a, the ongoing joke of oh get the period sex towel <laughs> oh my god I can't think of any other do you, can you think of any other uh, any other period sex scenarios do you have any embarrassing period sex stories mm, no I mean I've had scenarios where you know you go down and you, you, like they don't realize they're on their period and it, you know it's like it's not like full-blown period, but uh, y- you definitely get that little bit of a coppery taste, a little penny taste. I have had a guy ask me, yeah, after going down, being like, are you getting your periods down? And I was like, what? He was like, you just taste a bit like zinc. Yeah, it tastes a little metallic. <laughs> and I was like, no one's ever, it was iron. just so, yeah, it was so, like, I think maybe he said iron. Yeah, you're right. I think that's Well, because it's iron. Oh. That's what's, in, that's what's in the blood. And I was just so. I, I think, and I don't quote And I go, mind. no, I'm not you for two weeks. And the next day I got my period. And yeah. I and I called him and I was like, you were so, like a, 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 a psychic. And he was like, no, nah, I just no, I just know, have taste buds. He was like, yeah. <laughs> he was just like, I know, I know what metal. I've been t- in relationships and you know. Yeah, it's that mm. you know the smell you get off your hands like when you've been holding coins, you know. Yeah. So it's just that metallic flavor, you know. Uh, so I, I've had that, um, and uh, I, I can't think of. And then I've had scenarios where. She didn't realize she was getting a period, and then when you when you take your dick out, like there's clearly yeah there's blood, but I just don't care, you know. So can you think of anything else before we move off that subject? No, yeah, I, I think that's I'm trying to think. Yeah, no. Like, would you you just take it out and come back in, right? You don't like have a shower. Or Oh no, I just go, I go into the bathroom, take it out, throw it in the bin and come in and go, I'm ready for you. That's it. That's it. Yeah. But you haven't gone the on top version. You go the, the on top. Oh, uh, bottom. Yeah. Bottom version. Yeah. The last time I had period sex, she changed, she wanted to change positions, which I told her was a bad idea, but it turned out to not be a massive ordeal, but we did get a little on the sheets, which wasn't my problem. It wasn't my bed, but. Yeah, we we it's yeah we got some on the sheets last time as well. We, I oh yeah, I know the scenario. So the other one about like when you have to have period sex, in my opinion, is like bad timing on a holiday or something. Yeah. Like I remember one time I went to this fucking awesome spa 
I won't name it just in case they get embarrassed to be included in a period sex story. But I, I, we went to this spa and it was like, she was like, I have my period. I can't believe this. I was like, whatever. Yeah. But we had a lot of sex in the shower that time. But she was somebody who'd never had period sex, which is weird because she was very adventurous sexually, but she'd never had period sex. And uh, yeah, so then, you know, but she still felt, she still felt like we'd been robbed of a proper experience because she didn't. Like, I, I think most women would prefer not to have it. And, you know, now that you're saying it, I think my thought with it, what with me saying now that I wouldn't mind is something now, that the way I am now. But now that you're saying that, I do remember I was seeing a guy long distance and he was coming for the weekend. And I remember I was talking with my stepmom and I looked at the date and I said, feck, he's coming the week of my period. And I remember her going, I'll say a little prayer for you. And then I got my period, like, literally two days later. So I had gotten it a week earlier. And so when he came, I didn't have it. Oh. And that would have been the first time we would have been sleeping together. We've been seeing each other long distance. Ah, see, that's what so, I was talking about the first time. No, scenario. you're right. Cause I think it's just now that I'm I'm like that now. But yeah, if it, yeah, because that does that's suck. An attitude I've probably that, taken. That does suck. The period scenario. Yeah, you know, when you you've been looking forward to it for ages, and it's just not the same. Listen, it's totally fine, and you can have a good time, but it's it's not the same. It's not spontaneous. When he was only coming for a weekend, so I wanted to be able to do lots of different things, yes. and he would have been going home. It's not so. the same. Yeah. Because, like, I don't care what anybody says. You're not fucking three times a day when you have your period. Like, well, I mean, maybe, maybe. listen, of course, pe- maybe people are. But, you know, when, you, when you're expecting to have one of these, like, incredible, like, weekends of just the two of you. Yeah. It's just tough to, like, keep doing it. Especially you know? if you're in a hotel. What, are you going to take their white towel? You're like, and that's their sheets. So that's even a little bit more, oh, God. Oh, I couldn't give a fuck about the hotel. <laughs> yeah. yeah? That's the, I have that in the joke, too. It's like, or, or just get a hotel. If I can CSI Miami and the motherfucking... <laughs> I'd feel bad. I hate leaving a room messy or whatever. I I'd have to run out and get a towel myself and then throw really? it in the bin. Oh, come on. I wouldn't use their white towel. Yeah, no, no. Oh, come on. It's just, that's life. No, I wouldn't leave a bloody towel for the person. No, but it doesn't have to. First of all, you have to be unlucky, really, to leave it on the towel. The towel is just in case. Man, the towel's just in case. True, I gotta be. You gotta be. You gotta be good about it. Okay, you can always take the towel with you, I guess, and throw it in the bin. Yeah, it's really you know. Don't worry about that. They they don't care. You want the the these hotels? They like they see incredible amounts of horrible shit. True. You know. True. So. A bloody towel is the least of their concerns. They're throwing them out anyway. It doesn't even matter. You know, if the, oh. if the towel's bloody, they're throwing it out. Not your yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah, you know? true. Not, not, not your concern. You know? <laughs> I'd write a little note being like, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't contain myself. <laughs> we were in a long-distance relationship, and it was the first time we'd seen each other. <laughs> we couldn't waste this opportunity. It was a long-distance flight. Yeah. All right, well, hold that thought now, because we got to go meet the lads. So, uh, myself and Katie are, uh, are in the, uh, the olive tree, and uh, if you listen to last week's app, you'll know that we, uh, we chatted t- to uh, Mike and Alexis here. So, basically, what happened was, the first part of this episode was in my car, and uh, we ran out of time, because we had to come and meet the lads here to do last week's app. And now, it's literally 15 minutes after we finished that, and we're starving, and we're waiting for our food here in the olive tree comedy cellar which katie is one day hoping to be a member of the comedy cellar family hopefully i am starving my stomach hurts your stomach hurts from being starving yeah well this is real work katie i know well we could have waited but we'd be sitting here 15 minutes waiting for food yeah this is a good idea it's better to 
do it now while we're waiting. Plus, yeah. you also have a uh, Alexis had brought a. I'm very excited about those. So you can take them, by the way. You brought us treats. Yeah, you can take them home. Uh, so, th- I mean, the theme of this episode wasn't just period sex. It was meant to also be about embarrassing sex stories. Yeah. You know, so do you have any? I mean, I have some. Um, I guess. Do you know what? The f- one of the first, when I, I earlier sexual experience would have been the embarrassing thing when you queefed. I didn't know what it was. And I remember the first time it happened to me, my partner stopped and said, what was that noise? And I said, oh, sometimes my bed cracks and it makes that noise. (laughs) I was so embarrassed. From queefing. Now, can I ask, what was the queefing scenario? It was just missionary and I guess a bit of air got in there. And So you queefed when he came out? No, it was while he was trusting. trusting. Oh, I guess he came out a little and then it, poof. Yeah. Big loud pop of air. Yeah, a little pop of air. Whereas now if that happened, it'd be grand. But it hasn't happened in a long time, actually. Oh, but you know what happened to me last night? It's really embarrassing. I farted during sex. Oh, you did? A big loud one. <laughs> Accidentally, obviously. Yeah, because it was just so pleasurable that when I was like about to climax, I guess I just, rel- my body relaxed. I totally ruined my so orgasm. You f- oh, you farted and came? Or you didn't No, come? I didn't come because I was giggling too much. And he was like, it's fine, don't worry about it. But I was gone. I was like a child giggling. I couldn't stop laughing. I, it was like the funniest thing that had happened to me in a while. So it, was, it was really loud. It was a good fart? It was a great fart. Because to me, that's a better orgasm if you can rip a, you know, rip a winner while coming, you know? Well, now I know for the future. I never would. The funny thing is that if a woman farted, I would care less. But I know if I farted, it would ruin the moment. Yeah, I see. It ruined the moment for me, whereas he didn't care. But I guess I didn't know. I just, uh, it was, it definitely took away from it. But my next time I would just go through it and it'd be fine. But it was just funny. But farting like, is funny. It's so, I think it's so funny. You know, my, my Dancing with the Stars partner farted in my face by accident. <laughs> literally in my face. <laughs> While you're dancing. We were, we were warming up for uh, one of our bits. And uh, I had to flip her over my flip her over my body, and just for whatever reason, we got sort of stuck mid-flip, <laughs> and her ass was in my face, and she ripped a real winner, and I actually felt the I felt the wind. <laughs> That's so funny. I I um yeah I think farting. So I farted in a coffee shop recently. I was riding, and I had my earphones in listening to my set, and it was so loud. But I thought it was going to be a quiet one, so I thought it'd be grand, and it wasn't. It was so loud. It was like vibrating, and I just kept writing, pretending, oh God, this is not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you tried to pretend it wasn't. Yeah, of course. So it was just like, just yeah. stay I mean, here, I, keep I, looking I, down. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a good farter. I, I, I've, I've ripped some real winners in my time, but I, I definitely would be embarrassed if I accidentally ripped one in a public place. Oh, it was very public and it was very loud, and I could feel my face go very red. But well, th- you know, there's a whole, uh, there's a whole like body of thinking about whether it's cool to fart in front of your partner, how long you should be together when you fart. I don't. I don't know what the rules are, but I don't people know. People have either. different. So if your if your boyfriend ripped one in front of you, would you think, oh fuck, he's gotten too comfortable? No, I would laugh. You'd just laugh if it was a good fart. Yeah, no, I think it's fine. But what if he dropped an accidental? Do you know what stinker? I? I prefer farting than burping. I don't like when they burp in front of me. I don't know. I don't know why. But I, I would think farting because farting well, is just funny. Burping, burping's not funny. Yeah, Fart, it's just a little farting. gross. Farting is funny. Yeah, so I, I'm be I would be fine. Yeah, once they're not doing it all the time, like. Well, I have a queefing story. Okay. So, 
I mean, queefing doesn't bother me in the slightest. I mean, I can't remember. I guess when I was younger, the first, first couple of times I encountered a queef, I, uh, I guess I thought it was weird in that I wouldn't have known that Fanny's fart, you know, a Fanny fart, <laughs> a vart. Uh, but uh, I guess, I don't know how long ago it was. It was probably about 10 years ago. I had met this girl in Edinburgh and we hung out a couple of times but she was from Melbourne and when I went to Melbourne we got together and uh, I when I um, when I went down on her she consistently queefed okay in my face <laughs> and now I was I was ignoring it and the first time I just kind of ignored it and I did my thing and but she didn't like she didn't say like oh sorry for queefing on your face she just queefed a lot <laughs> and uh, I just kind of ignored it because I just thought whatever you know this is I guess something that she does I, it was the first time I encountered queefing while I was going down um, but then the second time it, it was happening again it was basically like she, she can't not queef when you're going down on her and I, I, I couldn't take it anymore I didn't say anything but I just couldn't believe that she didn't bring it up oh so you didn't ask her you didn't I didn't say what's with the queefing no <laughs> I didn't want to make her feel bad it would be really interesting to hear what she would have said though to have been like oh I know I should have asked because maybe she like, thought that was normal or maybe she thought everybody queefed I can't all this is conjecture yeah I, I don't I, know I have no idea but all I know is like the first time I could do it, the second time I was just like, I can't have any more queefing in my fucking face. You know, like, it's like, literally, she's like, queefing in my fucking mouth. I, I just, you made me, remind me that I farted in someone's face when they were eating me out as well. Farted in their face? Yeah. It was a little one, so it was fine. I passed off as a queef, but, because that was less embarrassing. I'm pretty sure they knew, though. It's, it's this same guy that I farted during sex with. This has only happened twice, so it's fine. But oh, you mean, you... you Oh, oh, you fought. Oh, oh, so that was recent also. Yeah, that was recent. Maybe I'm getting like a condition. <laughs> no, because you queefed and farted once. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it wasn't a queef. It was a fart. <laughs> but, but have you ever queefed when somebody's gone no, down on you? No. Yeah, this girl had a problem. I just couldn't believe she... I just don't know how that would happen. I, 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 don't, I can't believe she didn't say, like, sorry, I have a, I, I queef a lot. Because the queef is the air getting locked in. We like, maybe, maybe if you were, like, fingering her as well. No, she just... I, I, no, it, I, you can... I think you can queef without... Really? I always thought it was the, just the air coming well, in. Well, she wasn't farting. They were, they were definitely <laughs> queefs. They, they, were, they, were, they were relentless. <laughs> It was relentless queefing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up uh, the. Uh, I'm gonna make sure that um, that it's not just. Don't like this. You don't like what? Oh, sorry. I said my thoughts out loud. I put my phone well, over I was, my. I was hoping you'd say something because I'm in the middle oh, of Google. Sorry. I was, I was I talking over my Google. I was. Uh, I put my phone on my vagina, and then I said I don't like that. I always think that I still believe. Oh, you still believe radiation yeah, is going to happen? Which isn't. I'm sure isn't a thing, but um. So I was just moving my phone, but I guess while you're looking that up. Um, will I tell another kind of embarrassing sex story? Uh, or have I you got it there? I think I have it here. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> um, no, I, I, so 
when when someone's going down on you, the last thing you want to do is let one rip in said person's face. But these things happen. And as Women's Health noted, a queef is beyond your control. So it makes no sense to let it get you bent all out of shape. So you can you can queef at any time. A queef is beyond your control. And I guess it's more if she had just talked to you about it, you probably would have felt a bit more comfortable. Well, I was comfortable the first time because it was just like whatever. But when, it become, when it's kind of like relentless, you kind of like... I wish she had said something. I mean, I could have said, like, yo, enough with the fucking queefing. Vaginal flagellants can have causes that aren't due to underlying disease. Example, include sexual activity. So, a queef uh, is vaginal flagellants. A little bit of air gets caught in a woman's vagina sometimes. Uh, after you have intercourse. It also happens just, just because you have a goddamn vagina. And it's nothing to be embarrassed about because sometimes it happens. That's all. Yeah. So, you can queef... Queefing is not just trapped air. Oh. Sometimes you queef, and that's life. And I don't think this woman should feel bad about the queefing, but I do think that, you know, after like 12th queef in my face, I just <laughs> I couldn't take it, you know? Oh, so it was multiple queefs while you were eating out. Oh, yeah, it was relentless. Oh. No, that, did you not get that from the story? <laughs> I just thought, I just pictured one. No, no, like no, 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 no. This was relentless. <laughs> this was like. This was like literally every 60 seconds, a queef. Oh, Jesus, yeah, okay. Did I not articulate that properly? I guess you probably did. I was just picturing one. She definitely should have talked to you about it and been like, sorry, this is just what I do. Yeah. Um, Dan Soder. Can, can, I, I'm sorry, this, you're, you're, live, you're live on my sex podcast. Can I ask you a question? This is yes. not something I normally... Has a woman ever queefed in your face while going down on her? No, but what a... I don't know if you take that as a positive or a negative. It's like but it's just, I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm just curious if it was a normal thing. No, I don't think so. I don't know if, if so. I mean, ladies, feel free to toot away. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dan. That's a perfect response. I'm sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> Dan is fine with it. So that's Dan Soder, who's uh, in the TV show Billions, just to uh, oh, wow. just to give a sense of the excitement of being at the Comedy Zone. It's so cool. Yeah. So I think uh, I think I might be. Um, in the minority of guys that have had been queefed on. But yeah, yeah no, I've never heard. This was a relentless queefing. Yeah, I've never heard of that. And this was like literally, like if I was going down on her for 10 minutes, she queefed at least 10 times. Jesus, okay, yeah. That's a, that's a lot of queefing. Yeah. No, like, I, I was disappointed I was, with your I, reaction. I was like, what, how can she be just so glad? I was just picturing, like, to be honest with you, when you said it, I was picturing that when she came, she queefed. No, I this was relentless queefing. Uh, that makes no sense to me. That's my Unless she was coming all the way. All I'm saying is that there was a lot of queefing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually I had to kind of go like, yo, I, 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 I can't take it. The second time, the first time was like, whatever. Second time I was just like, I can't deal with this fucking queefing in my face. Yeah. You know? It was just like, after a while, it's just like, no, it's just like, you know, like, like, like you're down there like... You know, and there's like a lot of air in your, <laughs> in your queef, face. Queefing, queefing is always a bit, uh, it's not as, it's just because it's kind of like a bigger cavity, isn't it? So it's a bit more like, you know, I, mean, I have to keep it down because. People are eating their dinners. Well, no, because also, <laughs> you know, people I admire are literally just on my left. So, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, um, I, I, talk about talk about the news there. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Sounds I, I, smart. I don't want to. I don't want to appear that that we're, uh, we're so lowbrow that we're doing fart noises into a mic. <laughs> but uh, but a queef is a bit more airy, you know, a bit more. <laughs> no, that's not. It's more. Like, yeah, that's more like a. Yeah. Uh, um. 
yeah i think i think as well if she had to just talk to you about it maybe yeah yeah anyway it doesn't matter we don't have to revisit <laughs> it i just i was just glad I, i'm glad i'm so I, I, I might i might not have articulated properly so i'm glad now that it's clear that we're yeah yeah about relentless because when you said when you said relentless i just thought you meant the two times you went down then the two relentless so, no. is two times well in my defense i'm not the best with words <laughs> there's a lot of queefing yeah so that was uh that was one of my embarrassing stories what did you say you oh i guess one of mine was i tried i tried to have sex in public we had sex in i oh my god so embarrassing an abracadabra toilet abracadabra abracadabra sorry abracadabra it's magical i worked there once oh did you you were well might have been working there when i was having sex in the toilet and the employee came in i did it for a tv show it actually made me famous all right yeah it's actually why i'm famous <laughs> so anyway <laughs> so you had sex in Abba toilet yeah but then the employee came in and knocked on the door and said um, no, no, no no sex you have to leave right now no. <laughs> I don't know maybe it was more embarrassing for them <laughs> I was so quite you, young as so well so you had to stop yeah yeah we had to stop and well I just stayed quiet I just refused to even entertain it I just pretended I wasn't there and they were like we know you're there and I was just like shh <laughs> and eventually they left and then I ran out <laughs> <laughs> abracababra what what got you horny in an abracababra oh it was my first probably one of my first boyfriends and your, your first abracababra and we just did, we didn't have places taco to have sex fries. so taco fries i need you <laughs> we had some vodka oh god classy time in my life yeah um but i i i think if there's any women listening they shouldn't be too worried about the queef the queef is just part of life Absolutely. I, 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 I guess I've had one or two uncontrollable farts in my time, but... Um, no, I can't think of any more embarrassing. I'm sure there is some in my brain buried deep. Um, it's all right. We'll, we'll eat, and then we'll think about one or two other things, and we'll come back to it. Okay. I'll have a bit of editing to do on this one anyway, so yeah. in for a penny, in for a pound. Because I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. Oh, my God. Oh my god. All right, we've begun. This is a bonus episode, Asher. Great. So good. there's no there's no pressure. I don't have to I'm not the thing. I'm the extra bit. I'm you're the right. olive in the martini. You're my mate and Great. it's literally something to do. Good. You know Excellent. what I'm saying? And I I'd, I'd like to share I mean, I still consider it a favor from you to me that you're doing this. Well, I, you know, I'm on a I got a I got a lot on here in Las Vegas, which is where we Oh, yeah, you this. got your you got your days free. I got my days free. My nights are busy, you know. And since I've started doing a, a sex podcast, mm-hmm. probably of all the comics in all my life, <laughs> in, in all the years, <laughs> I've probably had more discussions about sex with you than anybody else. We definitely have spoken about it a lot. I well, did, you're good at it. Well, this is thank you. I, mean, I tried to treat <laughs> you real. I tried to treat you real tender. <laughs> no, but my thing like this has always wigged me out. This always wigged me out. You know, like sex and relationships uh, uh, will bring you like the greatest joy, cause you the greatest suffering. For me, they're one of the most important things in my life. They drive my life forward, give it a lot of purpose. But I don't know if it's a guy thing. It's certainly not a, like women get bombarded with it. But I don't know if men necessarily put the time in and sort of learn how to be better at sex, you know. And, And I know a lot of guys are into the tantra thing and that's real, you know, it's its own sort of serious thing. But just like, to be better at sex. Well, that is that is 
and relationships. Sort of a running, yeah. I mean, we haven't got as much into the relationships part just yet, but mm. that's because that's just I'm enough. less. Ex- <laughs> I've been less successful. <laughs> At the relationships part. Well, I'm, I'm two marriages in, and I remember talking to my hairdresser one day in Melbourne, this old Greek guy, and I mentioned that I'd been married twice. And he's like, how old are you? And I was like, I was like 38. And he's like, you're a bit shit at it, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm trying. I'm a romantic, you know, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying but just to, just to jump back, that is a running, that is a bit of a theme on the podcast is, I mean, n- not that we think that, the, our listeners, the, our female listeners, are, are better at figuring out about sex, but there appears to be less uh, enthusiasm amongst men to figure out what they're into, what uh, you know, what their partners are into. You know, that that just seems to be yeah, yeah, more normal, yeah, and more and more normal with because I talk to women about sex a lot, you know, and, and some of those people are my lovers, and some are just friends, but you know, like there is a there is definitely a running theme for them of a lot of people that I've talked to, like the guys who are, you know, do the bare minimum or who are good at sex. They want that pat on the head at the end. Like, look, I did good. Look, I did good. Look, which is sort of gross and weird and doesn't help. Or the guys who are just completely oblivious and do what they do and think that what they do is excellent. Um, There's sort of like, there's just not a, I haven't heard a lot of people who are just like, you know, men who can take criticism, men who are good at going, okay, you don't like that. What do you want? What don't you want? Mm. And, you know, being okay with being told I mean, that you're that, a bit shit at it sometimes. Yeah, that, that's the... Well, I mean, not, not so much being okay told you're a bit shit at it, but... Well, I mean, I guess I guess it's completely fine to get to a point where... Well, no, you know, that's you know, maybe a bit harsh saying well, you're a bit no, shit at no, it. But, only you know. because partially that's sort of a woman's responsibility if they let them at it that long and they're, they, they're doing shit that they don't like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but neither here nor there. I mean, that comes up a lot yeah. on this podcast yeah. about the communication and uh, we, we definitely haven't, we definitely haven't had as many enthusiastic responses from men about the journey of getting better at it. And the only yeah. reason why we tend to put a little bit more focus on men being better at it is because, like we were talking about before we turned on the mic, women are that bit more complicated. They, and they're, the, they're more of the, they're the anomaly, they're the one that you're going to have to figure out what they're into specifically. Yeah, and it's not complicated in a kind of, male-centric women are complicated sort of thing it's just physiology yes women physiologically are more sexually complicated more comp more physiologically complex complex um uh what what drives their sexuality also mentally is much more complex the way that attraction works for them the way that there's that inner chatter in the head of a lot of uh a lot of women when they're having sex i mean my favorite book on it and this book just blew my fucking mind it just blew the doors right off me is um uh, naomi wolf's book vagina which starts with her getting a she, she's having sex with her partner and her orgasms start to she describes them as like a shower of stars these huge intense fantastic orgasms they start to lose their power she freaks out she goes to see a psychologist like what's going on am i falling out of love with my partner and then she goes and gets her uh, back mri and she's got a pinched nerve in her back which is stopping her orgasms from being as good and that's the jump off point for the whole book and if you don't have a vagina this book will fucking blow your mind. It is incredible <laughs> to read. I, so you, you I think it's more it. important for a man to read it than a woman? No, I think everyone should read it who's interested in the subject. But it, it was just I I just from a from a male perspective, it was just 
astonishing to read. I just thought it was, if, if you enjoy sex and you want to be better at sex and you want to put in the time, it's a really good book to read. You know, And, and, and that's because she basically just gets into the physiological stuff that you need to know? Physiological, her journey, and mentally, uh, it's an extremely complex book and I'm not going to do it justice by trying to um, give it a synopsis here. Yeah, well, I'm actually, I'm talking to somebody tomorrow who mm. I'll get into the mental side for women in terms of the things that they need to get over yeah. to allow themselves to let go. Mm. But... In terms of your, your yourself, yeah. Before we get into the stuff that you're into, mm. what ha, what would you say are not your top five tips, but what do you say the things that have been most important for you to become a better lover? And this is not to say I'm amazing, but just the things that you noticed, you learned, or you understood that made you better, or it gave you more of a, a mutually satisfied scenario more often. Um, I would say. Uh, educating myself i've been to lots of seminars you know i i've i've taken an interest in sex websites like omg yes which oh, are yeah, really I, interesting i subscribe to that and i funnily enough i intended to use that more on on the podcast but it's mm. quite complex there's a lot going on it's complex and i was really interested in edging and orgasm denial and stuff like that and that's for people that you're seeing for a long time you know you, well, let's talk about edging we, we can we well let's give me my five and okay, then we'll, right, we can right, get on to right. edging um so educating yourself is really important. Um, not having an expectation of how things are going to go in bed. The Someone coming is not the main thing. If it happens, great, but that's not the point of sex. And if that is the point of sex for you, sometimes you put yourself in a situation where you're going to be disappointed, she might feel disappointed, or he might feel disappointed if you're sleeping with... You know, like it's not necessarily the whole point. Um the third thing I would say is intuition. Uh, if you feel something, you know, it, it, like I just said, we were talking about this before. It, if, if, if you feel that you, you know, it's, it might not be exactly what you think. If there's any doubt, there's no doubt. It might not be exactly what you think it is, but there's something going on there. Um, and I think fourth and fifth, my, my most important thing about being a good lover is ask to be shown you know, like ask to be shown, like, how do you, yeah, like, well, that's our, how do you that's like our, it? That's our number one thing on the podcast. And uh, then women just show you, like, I'm, I'm a heterosexual uh, guy. I don't, I don't sleep with men. Um, but women just show you, they really are so communicative with their bodies um, about what they want usually, you know, not 100% of the time, but my experience has been they are very, very communicative. And if you just pay attention and listen and acknowledge the fact that you're going to take an average of four minutes to come as a man and she's going to take an average of 16 minutes to come as a woman. That's just averages. Everyone's different, but that's just like that. Yeah. So that's my five. So you would recommend waiting at least 12 minutes before you start fucking. <laughs> Try to get that 12 minutes out of the way before you stick it in. Yeah, yeah. You really, you really need to be on the timer. Like you just have a... You set your oven timer, it goes off in the background. You're like, okay, let's go. Let's go. I'm on a clock here. Yeah, because the reason why I wanted to talk about edging, only because, you know, myself and Katie. Katie is the is, is my co-host in this. Obviously, she's not in Las Vegas. but uh, Edging for men or edging for women? Well, I but what, what I'm just quickly why I got excited about edging was we I had thought we were going to do an, we were going to actually have a few apps that were driven by oh my god yes in uh -huh. that I opened up the computer mm -hmm. and I was like okay let's take this section here mm. and let's go through it but it actually wasn't it was too educational 
and I was only getting educated in it myself at yeah. the time. And I was me, Katie, and I were trying to discuss it. It just wasn't working as a as a podcast episode. Yeah. But when I saw the edging thing, I was like, oh, that's interesting because mm. I think men, well, certainly I can only speak for myself, mm. learned naturally about edging when you're masturbating from a young age. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was a thing for women. Yeah. Well, it's a much more complex thing for women. And, and that's where I really, like, to be honest, uh, edging. So, oh, edging way, for those that don't know what edging is. You you describe it. You'd be better at describing it. Well, I'm going to just describe what I learned from OMG, yes. Okay. So, like, for for some women who can come regularly or come easily, and it's not too difficult for them to come, you can sometimes employ something called edging where you bring someone very close to orgasm and then before the point of no return, you either stop touching them, you might take their attention away by slapping them on the inside of the thigh to really switch it off, um, or you might take your body away from them completely, the orgasm subsides, and then you bring them back up and you bring them back up until the orgasm is just has to happen. So you might do this two or three times and then, but it doesn't work for everyone. Like it certainly is a because very specific thing that only works for certain people and you need to know the person you're doing it with. Like if you jump into bed with someone the first time and you start trying to fucking edge them, it's like, what are you, you know, doing? What the fuck are you trying to drive? But, but what, I, what I thought was, because sometimes you have a scenario where, because obviously I know what edging is for myself in terms of like, that, you know, the old stop and go method when you're jerking off and you, yeah, you, yeah. you learn, I, I, that, I just learned that naturally. It was like, oh, it's yeah, yeah, quite yeah. intense if you, yeah, yeah. if you hold off for a while. Because it's easier for us to come. Yes, it's exactly. It's easier. Like we know that it's we, just like, you know, all right, I'm ready or I'm going to stop, you know, like yeah. it's but when I heard so about, much more simple. When I heard about edging for women, I was like, oh, fuck. I've had a few women that have just like been about to come and then stop themselves because they don't want to come yet and then we never get back there and I was yeah, like hey yeah. what happened you look like you're about to come I was like yeah I was I didn't want to come yet and then I lost it I was like fuck <laughs> I know but all the diff all those different types like I've dated women who after they orgasm they their, their vagina just goes no like they're, 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 they're just finished and you can feel it like you can feel their whole body just like there's just something so communicative about a way a woman's body is with you if you're paying attention um but edging so, but yeah so go ahead no, sorry yeah and i mean edging for men like i i don't edge myself i shut myself off like i my thing is i what i was interested in for myself in that way was not to sort of do the tantric thing of trying to have not like non-ejaculatory orgasms which is just too complicated and weird and it's happened a handful of times but it's not something i would try but just how to stop myself like how to just pull out and just like clamp your pelvic floor down, like just crush your prostate down and just stop yourself from coming. And that that is a that is a skill that you can absolutely learn. Oh right. I don't know. I, I don't have that. I mean I, I stop myself plenty of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well then, then everyone's doing that in their own way. Yeah, know? but I don't know how to just go like, Oh, I'm close to the point of no return. I need to stop it. Yeah. Well I can I can I definitely need to just do make that. sure that I don't go too far. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah. you can stop it? Yeah, I can stop it. Yeah. I can really like like now how do you do that? Well, for our male listeners, this is this is this is a big moment here. The, Asher. the way that it was explained to me, um, your pelvic floor is a muscle. Like some, you'll you'll sleep with some women who have extremely strong pelvic floors. Very like as they approach orgasm, their pelvic floor muscles push down so hard that it might be hard for you to stay inside them because they're just so strong, and that's astonishing. And you can make your pelvic floor strong as a man as well. Like when you're doing that thing, like I'm doing now, where you're kind of. Um, kegling as a man and you're pushing down on your pelvic floor and sort of like exercising your prostate that's a muscle that gets stronger do you have a comparative can, uh 
You know the way they always say, it's kind of like you're trying to stop yourself peeing. or You know, they have some sort of comparison. Is, is there a comparative thing that can, yeah. can help men to understand I what they're trying I, to I, do? I think that's as close to it as, a, 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 like, I would say try and flex the muscle in your taint. Basically, that's what in you're your trying. What? In your taint. What's your taint? Your taint is a bit between your ball sack and your asshole. Oh, right, yeah. There's your a gooch, gooch or your... Gooch. They call it a taint here. I know because I do an act in the show where I get hit in the taint with a long fucking stick. It's another oh, story. Oh, right, yeah. The gooch seems to be the, the the term that everyone understands. Yeah, but if you want to talk... Um, oh, what's the, the perineum, isn't it? The perineum, yeah. The, the perineum is the official term. That's the official term. Uh, and you can, you can practice crushing that... Not crushing that down, but engaging that muscle and clenching it and if you well, do it pl- really hard pilates for your cock pilates for your cock mate yeah <laughs> exactly now we're just gonna we're just gonna squeeze our taint yeah and try to just keep the focus on the taint yeah you're gonna you're, you're gonna grab it hold it for a minute release it's grab. not like you're holding in a poo just imagine you're no. holding in a poo but that your anus is a little bit more close to your ball sack exactly <laughs> it's not rocket science it's not even science yeah i like it yeah so 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 you're saying that if you develop that muscle, you can actually shut off the... Yeah, you get much better at stopping yourself from coming. Uh-huh. Like you can really, you can get much better at, like you really have to bear down, like, but yeah, that's a thing. And do you do you find that you use that more because you don't want to come here because you, she's not ready or do you do it more because you're edging? Um, yourself, I usually, yourself. I usually do it uh because I want to keep having sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not necessarily edging myself. Yeah, I'm because never, I know that my I, orgasm is going to be great. Yeah, when I'm edging, I'm, I'm never edging with a woman. I've only ever no. edged myself when no, I'm no. masturbating. Yeah, when I'm unless that's a thing that we're doing together and she's doing it to me, and we've made it, we've had a discussion about it. I'm there for us and myself. I've never done having. that with a woman, by the way. Yeah. I've never mutually edged. Yeah. In fact, I didn't even realize that women edge. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot going on, like. Great pornographers like Erica Lust making like she makes the most astonishing pornography. It's amazing. Like it'll change the way that you feel about porn. Um, OMG, do, do yes. Do you think it's, that's female friendly porn? Because my co-host has never watched porn. Um, it's very female friendly porn. It's very queer friendly porn. It's very kind of, I guess, what a lot of us would dis- like. A lot of people who are sexually educated, sapiosexual people interested in sex. Erica Lust's pornography is fantastic and it's heterosexual and it's lesbian and it's gay and it's bisexual so, so and it's she's, transgender. She's a performer or a director? She's a director. Oh, okay. Uh, and she's, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure she's uh, Swedish. Please don't kill me if I got that wrong. And lives in Barcelona. Um, yeah, check her out. Erica Lust. Amazing films. So really, two great really, suggestions really, really already from you. Naomi Wolf's vagina. Yeah, great and book. And Erica Lust's pornography. Yeah, Na- that Naomi Wolf book is is really good for just being better at what I would classify as. I mean, it'll help you with all of the stuff you do in bed, but um, very good for people who are just having sort of more like there's not a lot of bells and whistles in the bedroom. Maybe they're not into kink. They just want to have really good, fulfilling sex that gets better as you get older. Well, not better as you get older. I'll rephrase that, but. That, that is good over time, that you don't find yourself in a place. Here's my favorite idea. I should have put this in my top five. So I went to a great seminar in Melbourne, which was um, a sex seminar. And one of the best things they talked about was a thing called Sex Lab. Sex Lab. Sex Lab I love. You got a thing you want to try, okay? You want to, you know, have someone stick a finger up your ass. You want to plug. You want to spank. You want to do this. You want to be asphyxiated. Whatever you want to do. You want to be tied up. Um, 
you want to be edged, whatever. But it's high pressure to just try and insert it into sex. So you do this great thing called Sex Lab, which is like a no pressure thing where you sit down and go, hey, how about we play with this idea and see if we like it or we don't like it. So sorry, you sit down and say, let's try this or yeah, we yeah, discuss yeah. it? No, we try it. Like, so let's jump into bed and just try and figure this out. Because some of it is complex stuff and you don't want to like feel nervous or not in control or you're trying to get it perfect the first time, you know, like involve your partner in that stuff. Hey, do you want to try? Should we see if we can make you squirt? Can you see um, if you can edge me? Can you tie me up? Do you want to spank me? But when you say sex sex lab, do do you mean is this a thing where people in a relationship say the first Tuesday of every month, we just say, let's try something different? Yeah, yeah. Or whenever you feel like you want to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, what were the tips in, in the seminar? The, the tips... Well, everyone seemed to be obsessed with gushing and squirting in the seminar. Like, everyone had questions about that. But... Um, and it was very much about... Because the conversation turned that way, it was a lot about G-spot orgasms. It was a lot about um, how you manage things if you are a big squirter and gusher, which can be really problematic. <laughs> you fuck up your beds. It's not... Yeah. For people who squirt and gush a lot, it, it's hard if you don't have the right kit to manage that because you can feel like, oh, fuck, I'm fucking up the bed. You know, like it, it can be a bit frustrating for those people. But there's a great company called um, uh, Liberation. I think Liberation. They make uh, great sex furniture and they make a fantastic... Sex furniture. They make a great um, blanket for girls who squirt and gush a lot, which is really comfortable and lovely and uh will kind of soak up all that liquid so you don't fuck Look, up I wish I had that when I was drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I probably still... You just, you, just had the I, pla- you just had the plastic nappy. I, no, I, I, I just woke up and I was like, fuck, this again? <laughs> God damn it, I got to stop drinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but anyway, no, but okay, so I, I, I didn't mean specifically about the thing, but mm. in terms of what did that seminar say in terms of the best ways to bring up different stuff? Because I think, obviously, when you're living in your world... Mm. which is a world where you tend to be with a lot of very sexually open people. And yeah, and right? I'm, that's an important thing to me as a person. So I, date, I tend to date people and seek people out who are sexually adventurous and interested in kink and that kind of stuff. Yes, which I want to talk about that in a sec, but just, right. just in terms of, so take the average, let's say two people, 31, 32-year-old couple. Yeah. They're living in Mullingar, in the middle of Ireland. And they've got Lovely a pretty, Mullingar. They've got a pretty decent sex life. Konasatatu Mullingar. Konasatatu. Oh, look at you showing your... <laughs> showing your... Uh, your or should your, I say Konasatashiv Mullingar? Oh, whoa, with the grammar. <laughs> you told me that when I went out on stage in fucking Kerry and died in my house. Konasatashiv! Nothing. Who's this fucking cunt? Who's <laughs> this fucking scene? So you take this 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 Mr. and Mrs. Mullingar. Yeah. They got a pretty decent sex life. They're mm. they're open people, but at the same time, like they haven't been exposed to a ton of different ideas. But the man or the woman has certain things that they're into, but they're afraid of suggesting it to the other partner because it's just like maybe they'll consider they're worried about the judgment. So yep. did the seminar give anything about, you know, ways to broach subjects or ways to deal with a, a shame a shaming response from the partner or Um I mean you don't they, they that, may not have. Well, no, that's, I mean, that's something that I've discussed in other worlds, I guess, uh, uh, in, in kind of conversations I've had with psychologists and therapists um, when I've been kind of in the whole polyamory thing, which I was in We're for a little... We're going to talk about that too. We'll talk about I'm that too. I'm away from the mic. Um, 
But I would say if you're I mean it's such a it's such a tricky thing. You can feel so ashamed like it's very easy for someone like me to say, "Hey, don't be ashamed. You're great." But it's just not that it's just not that simple. No, um, yeah. I sorry for for Sorry for being away from the mic. Asher, other way around. Yeah, other way around. Asher makes such a mean cup of coffee that I, <laughs> that I, that I, I left my mic for a second. I'm sorry, and I, I feel like I distracted you. I was trying to get you to keep that answer going. No, no, I'm I'm ready to go with it. I was just I was padding because I didn't know. I thought is he going to the bathroom? He might be gone for a little while. No, it's because you made such a lovely cup of coffee, and I put milk. <laughs> I put milk in it the first time, and I wanted to. I mean, I don't want to get too it's, coffee wanky here, but it's a good, I wanted to get the genuine flavor. It's a good blend. Um, That's all I got. I've no drugs, no alcohol. All I have is high my, quality coffee. My, my sex podcast in a black coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the only bit of sound like Bukowski now. <laughs> all you need is your sex podcast and a that's black right. coffee. Drink it out of a boot. <laughs> so um, anyway, so yeah, so I, I guess let's just. I, I, I'm just curious about uh, uh, this thing of how to inject some of this stuff into a relationship, particularly one uh, that that's maybe a little more on the sort of mainstream lines on of the sex. vanilla side. Yeah, um, but but. But also in the sense that we know that uh, sexual pleasure and introducing new things is, is not a thing. But for a lot of people, it is a thing because yeah, yeah. they still think that they're being weird. Yeah, yeah. So there was a time when I was going to see my um, therapist and asking him, I was like, this might sound stupid, but how do I bring up difficult things to talk about in a relationship? Like, for, for, I just Not just sex. Not anything. just sex. And he was, uh, And he said... What you should do is say, um, when you've got the time to have a conversation, hey, can we please have a chat? There's something I'd like to talk to you about. Can we have a conversation about this? And then you just put forward the idea and you be as kind and honest as you can. And that's all you can do. If the person that you're with bounces it back, they tell you to fuck yourself, they're not into it. Um, I mean... I don't know what to do next. Like maybe it's a thing if it's very important to you that you pursue, maybe you don't, maybe you come back to it, maybe they go away and they think about their response and they might you know, come they back and go, friend and look, you know what, you know, sorry I reacted that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's have a talk about this sort of stuff. You want me to tie you up. How can we do that? You know, because that's what a good partner does. You know what I mean? Like everyone has their hard limit and you... You, I'm not advocating you say yes to everything. You know, you know what you're... Hopefully, that's what Sex Lab does. It'll help you figure out what you like and what you don't like. You're like... Yeah, because it's okay not to be into something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're in a, It's your body. You do exactly what you want with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so just in terms of... Uh, well, actually, you know, it came, up on the, it came up on that episode a week and a half ago. Mm. Uh, the guy we were chatting to brought up Shabari because he has a... Oh, yeah. He has a similarly themed podcast well it's called freaky geeks and it's actually kind of a a combination of nerd culture and sex culture. sex geeks yeah yeah so it was pretty cool right but anyway, yeah. his co-host was big into shibari yeah and i did not know what shibari was until literally my first trip to vegas last year in may you told me you were doing a shibari class <laughs> yeah it's just tying people up but when you when you get into like for me kink is and by kink i'm talking about um uh, bdsm bondage dominance and sadomasochism and everyone who's into it is going to be somewhere on that place you don't have to be into everything and it's not like you can have really fun light kink like to me kink is cops and robbers but someone gets fucked at the end you know it's not a lifestyle it's a game thing. play it's not intense uh, and i know a lot of people who are into really 
full-on stuff and that's their body and they do whatever they want with it but something like shibari is like i love kink because it introduces so many new things to your bedroom it's so fun you know like the dominant submissive um uh uh relationship relationship. yeah 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 like the 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 like the naughtiness of being like the amount of like women that i know who are like really together powered up excellent strong feminists really cool chicks but it's so naughty and dirty to be so like dominated uh by a man in the bedroom you know like it's just fun it doesn't what you do in bed doesn't necessarily have to define who you are as a person it's just you know what gets you off and do you do you think sometimes that the 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 kink stuff or a kink that you find that you're into Mm. uh gives you uh, a similar sort of sexual freedom that say, let's just say from a performance point of view, which I know not everyone can identify with either. Yeah. But sometimes you either have a character or somebody gives you a funny hat or you put on a, a wig or a beard and suddenly there's a freedom of performance that you didn't have before you put it on. Exactly. You, you wouldn't have found that unless you went into this role. Yeah, yeah. You get away from yourself. Sometimes it's just nice to get away from who you are, to go against the grain of... Um, who you are in the real world and jump into bed with someone and you know maybe they smack the shit out of you and completely dominate you and that's exactly what you need because you have a high pressure job in the real world where you're responsible to lots of people i mean that's a very that's a very like typical common sort of uh, well that's very much but that's very much is that isn't that more commonly the sort of male thing they've like a high prior job it's always different there's just there's literally no like you, you could not say someone is more prone to being you, one way or the other. But you are pr- more prone to being one way, right? Yeah, I'm a dominant. Yeah. I'm not a submissive. And I think when it comes to that kind of stuff, you either are one way or not. Or Especially if you're going to play the role of being a dominant uh, person in bed, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're in a heterosexual or a, uh, a queer relationship. Like you either are or you aren't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so let me ask you this. Yeah. How did you discover that, first of all? How did you discover... <laughs> no, I'm just curious. No, I, no, no. Just... I, have very, I had very patient, uh, excellent lovers. I had like girls that I were dating who were really submissive and I had no so experience they, at it. So they introduced you And to they it. were like, could you do this? They oh. sex-labbed me on it. Like I oh. came to all this stuff quite late in my sort of late 30s, which is kind of a good time to come to it. It was a good time for me. Done it all. <laughs> well, Give me something new. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so they were just really so patient no, and helpful. You, but you had no inclination before that? I just didn't know how, like, I didn't know where to start. Okay, so you let, know me, what let I me just mean? ask you another question. Yeah. Was that the type of porn that you looked up? No. So, so it, wasn't, it wasn't a kink you were aware of? No, it wasn't a strong kink in me, but it's something that I really enjoy. I mean, no, no, yeah. I was yeah, just, yeah. So I, I really enjoyed it now. you found it yeah, in yeah, yeah. You know, but that's what it is. Sometimes. Like sometimes you, you, you date someone and they show you something about yourself that you may never have found. And that's the nature of a lot of relationships. The way that someone sees you changes you, you know, yes, in small or in very large ways. So, you, so you, you happened to meet somebody who was like, I need this to happen or I want this to happen. Yeah, well, they were like, I, I don't need this to happen. But hey, do you want to uh, tie me up and spank me a bit, you know, and like a proper like... 
you know, like bondage and then spanking for a good, you know, half an hour to an hour, you know, with oh, me, really? like really, you know, like, oh, so because it's a real, like, I like to be spanked a little bit while we're having sex. This was like a, yeah, no, like, this was a, a performance. This was a spanking. Um, oh, and wow. that's a whole thing in and of itself as well. How you like, that's a skill that you learn. Um, and like, like tying someone up, like if you tie someone up, it's a serious thing because you need to learn how to do it. You don't want to cut off circulation. You need to be very aware. You've got to be able to get people out of ties really quickly. Like when you get into this kind of stuff, there is an element to, of, of danger in what you're doing. That makes it really exciting. But you also have to be responsible and communicative. And chances are you probably are. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. How does, the, say, a submissive... So, so say in your scenario, a submissive woman who likes to be spanked hmm. for a half an hour to an hour. But you're new in the game. Yes. How does she maintain submissiveness while at the same time essentially instructing you? You don't. You sex lab it. You sex lab the idea. You in play, advance, you, you, mean? you play with it. You learn how to do it. Then you jump in fully. And that's that's why Sex Lab is so good. You want to try try ass play. You know what I mean? Like, you've got an asshole. She's got an asshole. You want to be good at that. Stick a dick-sized thing up your ass and see how that feels. Holy fucking Jesus if you're not warmed up. That is a deep breath. It's going to make you far more reluctant to go jamming things yeah, where someone good- hasn't said please fuck me in my ass. Yeah, know? we had a good we've had a we've had an anal app. We we haven't left it completely, but we've oh, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've discussed arse play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got some great feedback on the arse play app. In fact, uh I, th- this came to me through somebody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this no, ca- please say no pun intended. Oh no, oh, no I, didn't, I wasn't even paying attention. Yeah, but uh, it, it was a a friend of mine who listens to the podcast was telling me that their friends listen to the podcast, and halfway through the Arse Play app, they had to turn it off and give it a go <laughs> because they suddenly yeah. realized, oh, there's all sorts of buildups that we can try. There's so much prep necessary. Well, for the arse play, yeah. For arse play, there's so much prep necessary and it can be really good. But it is like, if you're a guy, if you're a heterosexual guy and you want to fool around with arse play, I, 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 I guarantee, try and stick, a, try and st- oh, stick no, something. Start with a pinky. Then. Start with a pinky and make sure anything that you stick up your ass has a fucking handle on it. Don't like <laughs> Jesus Christ! The amount of times there's some oh, guy yeah, in A and E, I fell over on this sweet potato perfectly, <laughs> and it went straight up my fucking ass. If it doesn't, it's gonna get stuck up there, and you're gonna have to go to Obs and Gyno to get some guy to fucking pull it out of your ass. You're gonna have to have a whole story about how you fell over just right. You know, like do your research. There's a lot of stuff online. You know, and you know. Go to the gays. They are fucking masters of it. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to get... I got, I got Mateo Lane here, and uh, he, I, I told him he's getting on the podcast. I, I want to have him back on when we're with Katie mm. to just get all the tips about the things gay guys know. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because uh, unfortunately, we did the ass play app. Mm. All the feedback was people's concerns about shit. Which well, is you do. Yeah, but which is, yeah, which is fair. Not, oh, yeah. Well, we, didn't, we didn't even get into douche. You didn't. Look, you've got douche is the first place you start. You got to prep with the douche. Get to clean out your fucking asshole. I know, but the gays, the the gays are big into douching. But I, I think a lot of heterosexual couples are having anal without douching. Yeah, douche. I got one in the goddamn bathroom you, you right a, now. You, you have a douche? Yeah, I have a like. If any time that I'm getting it, it's like a little bulb that you buy from fucking Amazon. It's going to cost you like nine bucks. Um, you know, get yourself some good silicon lube, 
uh, get yourself some um, uh, black latex gloves and, you know, douche beforehand. And like, this is, this is all why you do sex lab. Like, you might be in there douching and just go, this is not for me. Yes. And then you know. You know, you just you know don't what I mean? like, your bum. Oh, yeah, let's, let's, let's get some ass play and then shit gets everywhere. That might fuck up your whole experience and you might have loved it, you know. So, so, yeah, do your research. So, in terms of in terms of kink, I mean, I, I, mm. is there anything outside of BDSM that's kink? I mean, I guess there is, right? Like, like, well, I it's well, it all sits under that acronym. I mean, but like, that's your you, there, that, there's there's there'd be people listening to this podcast. Like, it could just go on and on and on and on and on and on. Like, it, you know, it's as it's as fucking long as a piece of string. What people are into in the bedroom, and let's just say kink is the blanket term for all of the stuff that you might like. And there is a lot. I could never rattle off. I couldn't rattle off a quarter all of the, the things people would like stuff. to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, 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 that's, the, that's sort of the main, that's really the main body of what, of what I wanted to talk to you about. I'm not going to start interview. Oh, oh, no. What am I talking about? There's one other main topic that I want to discuss with you. Yeah. The non-monogamy. The non- The non-monogamy polyamory thing. Yeah. So, you've had that before. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I. Now, as a always, man who has admitted that you've been divorced twice. Yeah, and you know, so I guess some people are going, "Yeah, of course, this motherfucker's into polyamory. He can't fucking stay in a relationship." Well, I wasn't doing the polyamory thing when I was in my marriages. Yes, I I, I understand. So there was after it was after both my marriages. There was a time when I was, um, I was single. I was living in London. I really liked the idea. I I tried non-monogamy before, and it meant that I did a lot of research into what relationships could be. So that was the first time I really dove into how a relationship is, what it can be, what's important. Because when you're trying to manage two or three relationships at the same time, your communication needs to be great. Your time management needs to be good. You better have a lot of fucking energy. Um, now, I, I was non-monogamous and polyamorous for a couple of years and it wasn't something that I continued doing. No, I, I finished with it. It didn't, with it, didn't, it didn't work for me, but I gave it a really good long try now when you say non-monogamous polyamorous but at some stage within these three years mm. there were people that were quote-unquote in a relationship with you but aware that you were not just in a relationship with them everyone everyone was and i'm extremely upfront with how i am and who i am in any kind of sexual relationship i get into now and that's definitely a, a skill that i got from being in those non-monogamous so for me i would define non-monogamous is um uh you might be in a relationship and have uh sex with other people but it's just sex it's not there's no relationship there there's no strong feelings yes and polyamorous is you might have multiple uh relationships uh either with people outside of your relationship you might live with two or three people who you have a loving relationship with and those relationships exist simultaneously so i definitely had a time when i was polyamorous and i had times when i was non-monogamous um and it, i mean i learned that it wasn't something that i wanted to do in the long term because it didn't work for me because i just kept on falling in love with people and breaking my fucking heart it's just like over and over again meeting these astonishing women and just kind of you know just killing myself uh because they were so wonderful and, and i'm I, a terrible romantic that way but it did teach me what a relationship can be if you're communicative and honest. Like if you have the courage to be honest about who you are, which is so fucking hard. 
It's so difficult to do that. Um, now, as it was in the 50s, you know, or the 30s, like it's just always difficult to be All right, clear. So, so let me ask you this then. Yeah. So you said how important it is in a relationship to be communicative and courageous, uh, to be, to be and honest. honest. To be so, honest. So, so most people then put the third word in there, committed. So did committed. it help you, t- did it actually help you to think that you believe in commitment more after having had this experience? Um, well, c- commitment's an interesting one for me because I definitely am not a commitment-phobic person. I'm not commitment-averse. But commitment for me is something that grows with someone who you really care about. So commitment and love for me sort of occupy a different place because that comes with someone. It's sort of a decision that you make with someone that you really care about. But it only happens when you've come to a place in that relationship where you feel like you're ready to do that. And it might not happen with everyone, you know, and it's a strange thing to go out looking for commitment all the time and projecting that onto people. And you can find yourself in situations where that's not reciprocated and that can be really hurtful. So, so, so it, that wasn't part of you coming out of this polyamorous, non-monogamous time in your life. That wasn't the thing that hit you as, oh, I get it. These relationships can't work this way. It was just too painful for me. I was touring a lot as a performer as well, so it kind of suited my lifestyle. But I just met women who were very special to me and um, it just started to throw me for a loop that, you know, like, am I fucking up these relationships by trying to have other relationships? And And how were they about it? Well, one of the three women that I was dating was dating other people and the other sort of couple weren't. So I can imagine that it might have been painful for them at times. So you think they were tolerating it because they wanted to be with you? I don't know if I'd go that far because I wouldn't speak for them. Yes. But, oh, so, so um, yeah. And you didn't have that discussion. D- d- sorry. No, but my I, I knew it, it was and it wasn't. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. For me, it was something that I was v- like passionately into at the time. And then it ran its course. Yes. And I look back on it with a mixture of um, fondness and regret. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I feel like I missed out on people. Oh, right. Because so I was trying to manage a whole lot of things. But then maybe I never would have met those people if I wasn't... Um, Just not black and white, is it? It's gray. It always is. Yeah, because Anyone- the, the regret is, oh, I could have had an amazing relationship with this person, but then you wouldn't have met them because you were in a relationship with somebody. Oh, God. Anyone who tries to simplify anything in life into black and white, two legs good, four legs bad, is unable to accept the enormous amount of complexity involved in all aspects of our life. But choices are misery hard. anyway. With that many options, you're only bound to fucking drive yourself nuts. Yeah. Well, you know, some people will say that you will regret everything that you didn't do um oh maybe i should have done this i mean i'm a i'm not a depressive nostalgic i don't look back i get anxious about the future so i get frightened about what's around the corner not about what's behind me yeah but i mean in fairness i mean i know some people probably listen to this saying oh this sounds a bit mad but in fairness your your lifestyle slash job i mean in that i know you from the stand-up comedy world yep we've known each other uh, actually uh, 12 years 2007 mm. the summer of 2007 yep. or sorry the the uh, february of 2007 i met you first in adelaide mm. but in that time you sort of moved away from the stand-up world and back to your sort of traditional carny life yeah 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 uh and in that carny life I feel like there's more openness to this type of stuff. And you're touring a lot. You're you're 
it's it, that that world, that performance world that I'm in is a very accepting world. It's a very queer world. And I label queer as everyone is in this thing altogether and everyone is accepted and everything yes. is great. So I would lump, as irksome as it might sound, and it might earn the chagrin of some of your listeners, heterosexuality into the queer world if those heterosexual people are fine and okay with anyone and their sexual choices that they make and their relationship choices that they make. Um, because we've had, we have numerous people suggest things that we should talk about. Yeah. But polyamory has come up quite a bit. Yeah. Now, I hadn't intended to, I, I, I kind of, uh, I, I wasn't even thinking that we would do this, but you're actually, you're, you're actually one of the only people I know that is open, <laughs> that is public about the fact that you have had a, a polyamorous time in your life. Uh, so I was I was glad that we were able to uh, to discuss uh, that. So if you had so say somebody's listening to this and they yeah. say, yeah, um, I've always I've always thought that maybe we could we could we could open it up a bit. Mm. I would say have a really big discussion with your partner and get educated. Read books like The Ethical Slut, which is a fantastic guide to having non traditional relationships. Like we all get attracted to other people. It's, it's just a normal thing and so strange that like you're my mate and if I was in a maybe maybe just say like there's two two guy friends and one of them is in a relationship with a woman at home and I, you you might talk to me about some chick you got really um, well, turned on by but girl. like sometimes sometimes like the admission of being attracted to other people feels like an admission of defeat oh, I was at work there's a new girl at work there was a bit of chemistry it was really weird I shouldn't tell my wife about this i was in a lift with a guy in birmingham after a gig at the uh, glee club there and he was talking about uh, he's a comic and he was talking about all oh, these fucking girls were in the lift last night we were going upstairs man they were really hot and, like, and he's like oh i'm married i'd never do anything and i sort of asked him i sort of said would you tell your wife that story and he was like oh fuck no no and i was like why not why not like what is so bad about admitting that you're attracted to other people. Like, fucking those people is wrong, but, like, everyone flirts, everyone gets attracted to other people. So, the conversation about non-monogamy, being in long-term relationships, maybe one partner's bisexual, maybe you're both bisexual, maybe you want to have other people in your bed, maybe you want to be cuckold, maybe you want to watch your partner fuck someone else. You know, all of those things, and they are... It's treacherous territory. It's dangerous territory. But if you manage it well... And you're both, you know, kinky and you're into that. It's just the most fulfilling and wonderful sexual relationship. Because I think for a lot of people, sex gets knocked down the list of things that are important in your relationship. You know, like the the the, the kind of the commitment, family, all this stuff, you know, these are important things. And sex is like, that's not really much of a thing. But it is. It's one of the fundamental things. And it's the thing that brought you together. It's the thing that makes what you're doing a fucking relationship because mm. you're having sex. So it is really important and if you're looking to branch out and try different things get yourself educated research it and then sit down with your partner and say can we have a conversation i mean i think i think for a lot of people the reason why they don't say it is because they don't want to trigger their partner's jealousy yeah yeah and that's for me so i'm what you would describe as a compulsive personality a what a compulsive personality so people who are compulsive are the opposite of jealous right so i'm happy for my partner to take pleasure um 
I've definitely been with people where my jealousy's been turned right up and it's just a, I wouldn't say that it's a bad emotion or a negative emotion. It can have negative consequences, but I would say an emotion like jealousy is unhelpful. So let me just, before we get too into that, let me just bring it back to the polyamory side yeah. of things. But on this topic, mm. you the one person who was also polyamorous in your, or sorry, the other person who was having other relationships, mm. Did you, were you ever triggered in a jealous way with that? No, no, not really. Did you talk about your, did she talk to you not, about stuff? That not in detail. I, did I, you have rules, by the way? Um, yeah, we had rules. We absolutely had rules. Um, we would, we would, it would be uh, facts, not details. Did you have a good time? Where did you go? Great. Did you have sex? Wonderful. So not, big, what did you do? Did you yeah, like <laughs> those sort of things. I'm not interested in. And those are the things that you work out on a case-by-case -case basis yes. with your partner. But but is that, in the in, say, for example, in the ethical slut, is hmm. that like something that they say you need to be very clear about? Oh, what? yeah. Absolutely. You need to have... I mean, really, I've had, I've had you, other friends that have had... You need, to have, you need to have really clear rules that are the rules that are important for you. We do this, we don't do that. And then, you know, it's up to you to have the... to be the adult and... and they, that's when it gets difficult. Yes, I mean, I, I having the responsibility it. to not to not fuck people you shouldn't fuck or not do things that you shouldn't be doing. You know, like that's when it gets hard. Sex stuff like that. You know, or sex with people in the same world as you. Right. You know, are we all work together in the same world? And we do this thing. Don't fuck people who I'm going to see around all the time, as um, Carly Slut ever would say. I want to fuck outside my social scene. You know, yeah. fuck people who are in a different. Yeah, because anybody I know who's had an attempt at this, and you are one, and there's mm. not many, and I think you know one or two others that I know. <laughs> but yeah, I know, I know, I know exactly who you mean. But I feel, I, I feel like none of them have kept it going long term. Mm. Now, some of the relationships have survived, mm. but. I always feel like it's a it's a it's a moment in time rather than a, a long term thing. Perhaps perhaps it is a moment in time for some people. I know some people who it's a huge part of their lifestyle and that's how they live their life and they take a lot of pleasure for it. But you know, it's okay for things to come and go from relationships. It's okay for relationships to come and go. Most relationships come and go. They don't last forever. But we're all conditioned to think I have to get this right. If I don't get this right, I've fucked up one of the most important things in my life if I can't maintain a relationship. Most of the relationships with the people we know start and finish, and that's fine. That's okay. It's how you manage yourself in those situations that define who you are as a person. Now, I haven't been great in the old relationships, but I, I still... Yep. I still... <laughs> I still think... You're giving it a red hot go. You're out there trying your best. I had to admit that to a mutual friend of ours, you know, because I posted an Instagram of us and then mm. a mutual friend of ours messaged me. I hadn't talked to her in a while. Mm. And she was, she, she was asking me, have you, you, you know, any, any luck with the relationship? <laughs> I was like, not my strongest. Thing. She laughed. She was like, I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone's got their different purposes in life. You know, I'm a big but, fan of, yeah, but, you go. No, sorry, but the, sorry, the point I was going to make was I still, I, I am of the opinion that there is something amazing in terms of... I, I do think it's amazing to have a life partner. And I think that there's things that you will experience... It's that astonishing. ...that you can't experience if you don't get through all that and still come out the it's other It's astonishing. Day. The people that I know 
who are really long-termers. Now, what I'm about to say may probably be slightly unpopular, but I think the most difficult type of human relationship to have, the one that we're least programmed to have, is a long-term monogamous relationship. And the people that make it work, it's astonishing. It that's, abs- that's it's controversial. Yeah, I think that's it's really a controversial statement. It's a really controversial statement, and I think it's really, I think it's really hard, and it's really wonderful when those people are happy. There's a lot of different types of long-term relationships, and people stay together for a long period of time for a lot of different reasons, and not all of those reasons are healthy reasons. So that statement is only for those like horrific bastards that you know who have been together like. 40 or 50 years and still are extremely happy and love each other. Yeah. You know. But I also think, because I see my, you know, my own parents, you know, the, 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 you know, you're looking at, when I'm a child, when I'm in my, my teens, I'm looking at them and I'm thinking like, I'm not dying to have this sort of relationship. Exactly. But when I see, you know, the entire, because now I've seen the entire picture of of them as parents. I I haven't Mm. seen the entire picture of their relationship, Mm. even though I found some stuff that my mother wrote recently, which was about their early relationship, was very interesting before we came along. But anyway, when I I look at the entirety of what they went through together, Mm. I think that is is an amazing thing. It's a whole life. The sacrifice and the negatives. And you... As much as you, you and I, I, I don't totally disagree with you. I say it's controversial, but I don't completely disagree with what you said. Mm. But at the same time, I think you can't have the experience of the sacrifice of parenting, the sacrifices that you make for each other, the ups and downs of what you go through. And that, that doesn't necessarily mean that people haven't cheated and different things, but like that you get through all that together. And in the end, you're 65, you're 70, you're 75, and you've, you've figured out how to stay together. That is a that is an. It amazing, just doesn't happen. It's an amazing thing. Yeah, but some people just some people just click. I got yeah. a couple of very good friends of mine in Adelaide who just came out to visit me for my fortieth, and they're just the best. I got four kids. They're both really fucking qualified, amazing. They do great stuff. They're wonderful people. They're just the best, you know. And I mean, fuck those people. What is? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what I must look up the stats. What are the stats nowadays? Let's just say in. The Western world as we know it, including oh, f- Australia, the Judeo-Christian world. I wonder what the stats are of relationships that, uh, you know, begin and end in, in death. Yeah, it would one. be... It would be... I wonder what it different is. Different as per the decade, you know, like it would be very different yeah, but because I, yeah, of I, cultural pressure. Yes, I, yeah, I just... That's I, something I, to look up. I'm sure it's someone out there listening right now. You look it up and send it into Desi. Yeah, somebody will look that up. Yeah, of course I could just look it up, but you it's very hard to. It it's actually very hard to get the right stats because you, you know, there's different stats of different groups of people looking for different stats. They'll find the one that they need. You know? Yeah, like looking for a pattern in nature. Oh, exactly. So I mean, that's it, really. Yeah, that's oh yeah. So I was I was just gonna I was just wondering. Um, yeah, no. I was I, I was wondering, did I have any more questions about uh, the do's and don'ts of polyamory? But I, I think you've covered it pretty well. Yeah, I would I would say the do's and don'ts of it. Uh, and by the way, I know there's listeners out there saying I've been polyamorous, but what they mean is they've been fucking around. <laughs> yeah, you you were open about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very different if one person's seeing like we're in a polyamorous relationship, but my partner doesn't see anyone, and I fuck lots of people. 
you know that's so that's usually a, a case of them tolerating it because they're afraid it, of losing it, it you. It could be a case of it. It doesn't that. necessarily mean that that's the case, but it could be. It's just there's a lot of there's a lot of nefarious shit that goes on out there. I've definitely been duplicitous. I've been a philanderer. I fucked people that I shouldn't. I've done stuff that I didn't that that made me feel ashamed about myself. And I I guess one of the most important things to me in my life is to not live a life where I'm ashamed about how I've acted, whether I've been cowardly and not gone for the things that I want or I've done things that I shouldn't do. I really try and live my life so I can look myself in the mirror and go, yeah, you're, you're doing good. And whether that's jumping into bed with someone and trying out kinks, sex labbing stuff, being non-monogamous, having bisexual relationships, bringing people into your bedroom, whatever it is that is going to bring you joy and make you and your partner happy. I mean, it's just sex. It's not the biggest thing. It's just sex. It's just, it's all of this, the moralizing about it. I wish it would just dissolve, you know, it's your body and your body's going to change. You're not going to change. You're going to be the same thing operating in there, the same two people talking, the mouth talking and your head talking to you, but your body is going to change and it will mean something different as you get older. So your your mind is going to change too. It's going to change. You're going to mature. You're going to, you know. So uh, make the most of your body. Enjoy yourself. So let's just review, just because you made a couple of like practical suggestions. Yeah, practical suggestions. Naomi Wolf's book was Vagina. Vagina. Incredible. Read it. In terms of polyamory and non-traditional relationships, it was the ethical slut. The ethical slut is a great place to start. Dan Savage's podcast is Savage. Love oh, that's right. Great. I, I keep forgetting to recommend the Dan Savage podcast because, actually, um, Shauna, who has a, a great, uh, she's a, a friend of the podcast, SexShopper.ie. Mm. Uh, she has an online <coughs> sex shop. Uh, she she uh, recommended Dan Savage podcast to yeah. me. Yeah, Erica Lust for oh. really excellent pornography, and when it comes to like toys. Um, things like that. I would really recommend, like most toys in sex shops are toys for women. So go to a fucking sex store that's run by women so you can get some goddamn advice about how to use the fucking things. Well, we recommend sexshopper.ie, And uh, it's also at sexshopper on Instagram. And Shauna, who's been a guest on the podcast and will be again, is there for any of your questions. Uh, we've, she's had a few customers, not as many as I would like, but she's had a few customers as a result of our podcast. But if you're out there and you're a woman or a man, because she has male sex toys too, and you have a, a desire to buy one or even have questions, don't be afraid to reach out to Sean on her Instagram. Uh, Ashley Trelevin, do you have anything to plug? I know that you're you're employed full-time yep. here in uh, in Las Vegas in, in, in a wonderful show. Uh, yeah. By the way... Are you allowed to pr- promo that stuff? Oh, yeah. I'll plug the shit out of it. If you, yeah, come, to, people- if you come to Las Vegas, and a lot of people do, come see Opium at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. I've seen it. It's a wonderful show. And I actually We're saw great. it in an early incarnation. And by all accounts, it's way better than it used to oh, be. So yeah. I highly recommend you go to see it. All the way up, baby. Uh, and then uh, what's your Instagram? Uh, it's at Asha Trelevin. Spell like, it. A S H E R. T R E L E A V E N. Jewish at the top, Cornish at the back. <laughs> so at Asher Trelevin. Yeah. And uh, well, well, thank thank you so much. Cheers, mate. I hope you get some uh, some potential partners <laughs> coming at you. You're gonna get all the fucking kinky ones. Oh, and be like, God. yeah. As it turns out, I like a polyamorous relationship, and I'm gonna be in Vegas. <laughs> the next time, the next time Conor McGregor fights in Vegas, you're getting laid. <laughs> yes. 
Anyway, thanks. Uh, you know what? Just to save myself some hassle, I'm going to sign off here. Thanks, guys, for listening to this bonus ep. Don't forget, I'm at Des Bishop, at Katie Boyle Comics. She's not here, of course, but this is, you know, we're only just having to crack. At Katie Boyle Comic on Instagram. Do send us uh, some feedback. Uh, give us some five stars on art. Uh, give us some reviews on iTunes. And keep spreading the word about the podcast. Thank you very much. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you